Hello and welcome to Do Tour Live. I'm Chris Pastris and today's show features your favorite skater's favorite skater, Mario McCoy. This kid is from the back roads of Pennsylvania and he's had a breakout couple of years finding himself on top of podiums while also putting in some serious work in the streets. We caught up with Mario from his place in Los Feliz, California and talked about life as a pro. Do Tour Live starts now. When I was a kid, all, all I wanted to be was a pro skater. And the day came and I was like, wow. And skateboarding saved my life. I like made that dream come true. I'm here where I wanted to be when I set out so long ago and to be competing with people that I watched grow up skating. It's unreal. I turned pro when I was 17. Everything's changed so much. It's like a bigger picture than anybody would have ever imagined. I'd say it is the passing of the torch from generation to generation. I've been a professional athlete as a child, as a teenager, and now as an adult. It's cool, man. It's just one big family. And you just feel the love and like automatically you guys click. I don't know if that happens with other sports, you know? There's so much to be learned from, from skating, from traveling, from the whole experience, from the life that you live as a skater and the things that you go through. You know, it's just been a wild ride, and it's fun, and it's not anywhere near over, so I'm just blessed to be a skateboarder. This week's episode is brought to you by Mountain Dew. Do the do and TikTok, the leading destination for short form mobile video. TikTok recently teamed up with Dutor on a really cool new video series, Unboxed, that we're going to chat about with Mario McCoy later in the show. First up is Transworld Skateboarding check in with Mr. Blair Alley. All right, and we have the one and only Blair Alley from Transworld Skateboarding with us. What up, Blair? Where you at? I know you're on the road now. What's up, Chris? I'm in a I'm in SF, man. One of your old stomping grounds. One of your old <laughs> dude. I've been uh, years. I love. Yeah, that. yeah. Love we're it. driving around uh, last night downtown, just checking out all the classic spots and all the classic hills. And it, it always makes me think of all those classic photos of like you and Bobby Puglio, just these <laughs> classic hill bombing photos. You know, nice. I mean, there's no place like it. Yeah, and dude, how about those dudes that? take the hills like straight the vx 1000 kids yeah, and yeah. i was that. looking at those the other night too like broadway and kearney those are insane, insane. <laughs> i think there's still some that like haven't been done they're so insane yeah so has the but, city uh, changed a lot since uh, the last time you were there yeah i haven't been in like five years or something um neither yeah, it seems really empty you know i think because of the pandemic um like even when we were in chicago and new york the cities are like really empty so it's it's good for skating, but it's it's a trip to see. Like when we're when we're out cruising around, like all the big plazas and stuff are just like devoid of people. It's it's that, that's a weird. Good. That's good for filming, right? Yeah, yeah. And you know what? The cops up here have been super cool, like crazy cool. Nice. <laughs> they're all like I don't know, like they like want to hang out with us. It's insane. I don't know well, if they're bored or they're just like okay. <laughs> at least you're not homeless people that are like doing god knows what you guys are just skating yeah. so they're like yeah well, watch your back because i heard that tons of people have gotten their equipment stolen up there yep oh yeah no yeah. yeah we knew that before we got here we're like don't leave anything in the car you know we got rental cars that are just like 
you know, stick out like sore thumbs. So, sure. so, so far it's been for? a great trip. Who are you doing this for and where else are you heading? Uh, we're, on, we're out here with Arizona Ice Tea. We were already in New York, so this is the, the last stop and, and uh, doing a, a little mini documentary with this guy, Mike Rogers, who's getting into skating. Um, he's an awesome dude, super funny, super interesting. And we're filming a couple skate edits with Arizona Ice Tea skate team. So that'll all start dropping next month on uh, Trans World's uh, site and YouTube. Amazing. And uh, yeah, it's, it's good to be on a skate trip, man. You know, let's look backwards at some articles yeah. uh, that you guys did that I watched this morning. So give us a little lead in. Who are the, the four spots we're going to talk about? Uh, I think it was was Hator De Silva's hey, Adidas De part. New name to me. Where is he from? He's he's from Copenhagen. He went to that uh, uh what's it called? Like Braggart Skate School. You know that skate okay. school they have there in Sweden. But I think he's from he's originally Brazilian. Okay. Um. Yeah, he rips. He skates for Palace and Adidas, and he's just got this really loose, fun style. Kind of wears like the '90s baggy gear, and it, it yeah, worked. it's kind of like a, a mix between old school and new school. Yeah, and mustache, dude. The mustache is blown yeah. up in Europe. It's like the dude, look. Can, they all have yeah. Hey, he can pull it off, man. I mean, I, 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 I definitely couldn't, but yeah, he looks good. <laughs> it's like a, you know a '90s style skater with more modern tricks. It's it's rad. Yeah, yeah, he's so loose and and good. And he's then great. we had a video part from uh, my man Sharik and Shannon. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, he just put out a new one. Um, just, you know, been filming at home in San Diego and he hit me up. Say, hey, I want to put this out. It's like a short part. And uh, yeah, it's solid, man. I mean, that dude's still still got it. Everything he puts out is just is good to watch. So I was stoked to get that little uh, unexpected part from him. Yeah, I like the half cab nose to back tail. That was yeah. a highlight. And then the ender yeah. with the heel foot burial. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that gap looks insane. That's on the beach somewhere down in, down in Ocean Beach. I've never been to it, but it looks sketchy. Yeah. Who's he riding for these days, you know? Uh, Arbor. It's a board company out of, I think they're based in Venice. They do, uh, they do a bunch of stuff. They've they got a, board, a little, not. they got a good little skate program going on. So, yeah. He's always skating. He's always active. He's always out there filming with the homies in San Diego. Sick. He's a skate rat. And then we've got the one and only Skate and Create this year that you guys did. Yeah. How was yeah. that whole experience and, and who did we feature? Yeah, well, it was insane. Um, we got what, Birdhouse, Meow, Thank You, and Visual, and they just had a month in the streets to do it. I mean, plans kept changing because of, of COVID, um, so we couldn't do it in a warehouse, so they each got a month in the streets, and what they came up with was really impressive. Um, we dropped all the videos sometime in November, had people vote, Birdhouse got the most votes, and then uh, with Red Bull, what we did is we were filming behind the scenes footage the whole time while they're in the streets we had our filmers with them yeah. filming interviews like on on the spot on the sessions so we edited these really cool behind the scenes edits and that's what came out last week so okay if uh if you saw the skate and create videos like last month go back and check out all the behind the scenes videos yeah uh you'll see really cool like attempts at some of some of that gnarly stuff that birdhouse did Dude, interviews. i mean it wasn't it must have not been a hard choice because the stuff they did was just insane <laughs> yeah yeah sean hale like launching off the roof of the courthouse is one of the craziest things i've seen in a long time yeah and so tony, there's behind the scenes tony's invert on the van yeah that too i was there for that i was lucky enough to go to elliot's house for a couple of days and, and see that go down and like even tony said he was like scared to try that and he hasn't done something like that in like 10 years nice. 
So, yeah. yeah, the behind the scenes edits are really well done. Like a fine wine. Yeah. Oh, he's it's insane. It's unbelievable. <laughs> he's nuts. Right on, brother. Um, Where are you headed next? Yeah. Uh, home, home to San Diego. And you know what? One, one more thing. This might look backwards. This is a, a skate fiction novel by Walker Ryan wow. called Top of Mason. And he, he gave this to me in New York and it takes place in San Francisco, obviously. And, uh, so I, I started reading it in New York and now I'm in SF still reading it. And, uh, yeah, it's good. It's a really good skate fiction novel by our buddy. So you can pick it up uh, if you go to his Instagram or whatever. It's good read. I'm like halfway through it and it's a page turner. Amazing. Especially if you like SF or, you know. I know you're a busy man. Thank you for taking time this morning to chat with us on, on news with trans world and everything else out there in the world. So uh, stay safe, get home safe. And thank good you for wrapping us. Love you, brother. I'll see you soon. Before we get into a deep dive with Mario McCoy, let's take a look at this week's Flashback Friday. We are going back to 2019 and taking a look at the dominant performance that Aurelien Giraud put on display in Long Beach. This was one of the first Olympic qualifiers in the US of A. Check it out. We've been talking about this guy a lot, Aurelien Giraud. He came to win, straight up. And he had a, he had a great first run, 8.7. Almost as high as any run we've seen. So far, nice. I love that gap to front feeble grind. Showing he's got a lot of control. Two front feebles, back 270 lip. Down the rail, 20 seconds left, lots of time. Back lip to fakie. Half cab nose, 270. Look at this hustle right here. 360 flip. Oh, hard flip back 180. Finish. The ghetto bird. The Chetty Thomas, a.k.a. the Ghetto Bird, the hard flip with a backside 180 mixed in to end it. So with the, it's uh, definitely stepped that run up a little bit, the hard flip back 180. Um, we'll see how much the judges give him for it. But right now it needs an 8.21 to get up in that first spot. And with an 8.7 on the last one, I think we're going to see an improvement. Back to 70 lip. Really, it just looks really, really solid. Look at that right there. Backflip to fakey. Half cab, no slide, 270. And then capping it all off. Catching the hard flip, turning late back 180. But man, it looks so easy for him. An 8.21 would do it for Aurelian to move into the lead. 8.9. He does it. Now up in first place, Aurelian came to win and he sent it a message. We keep talking about it. Defended like this it'd be USA, Brazil, and Japan. But. France is here and ready to party. Going for the win. Oh! Okay, Aurelian Girard answering Sora Shirai. Hard flip front board, but Aurelian take it to fake. You know, I don't know if there's really a... Uh, I'm not really sure if one is a lot more difficult than the other. Um, I think if you're getting into that trick and you're rolling away regular fakey, it doesn't matter as long as it looks well. It looks good. I agree wholeheartedly. But yesterday, I think they scored him a little higher. He got about one tenth of a point higher coming in fakey versus forward. But it also could have been style. I mean, he popped it really high. Look at how high he is over the rail. Super, super well done. It could have been style, too. We'll see. Either way, what a move. 
from the Frenchman. He A definitely really needed it, and he needs an 8.11 to move up into first place. Score coming in, and it's a 9.13. There you go, Aurelian Girard doing what he set out to do here at the Dew Tour, and that is take home the gold. What a victory for Aurelian Girard. I've got uh, an awesome guest with me this week, one of my favorite up-and-coming street skaters, Olympic hopeful, Mario McCoy. What's up, Mario? How you doing, brother? Chilling, man. How you living? Oh, good, good, man. Just, uh, yeah, just working away, shipping skateboard stuff, making art, doing things oh. like this. <laughs> how about you, man? I know you uh, recently had a little injury. Tell us how you're doing. Just had like a little ankle sprain, so nothing too major, but, you know, just off of my skateboard for a couple months. But uh, Yeah, and I saw you yeah. you Instagram something that looked almost like a cast, and I was like, no! Yep, so it's yeah, mellow, right? Uh, no, no broken It's chilling. Bones. No, no, it's just like a sling kind of situation. Um, just like wrapped up with an ace bandage. Nothing, nothing crazy. Yeah. I'll be walking in a few days. So, yeah. So just a little awesome. bump in the road. And uh, how did it go down? How did you get hurt? I was skating one of those, like, I actually just posted the clip that was like an hour before I did it. Uh, and it was weird. I got like PTSD posting it because I was like, "Shit!" I like yeah. Sometimes I can't. I can't do it. It brings me back to that space too much. I see. I was feeling that way for like the past two weeks. I was like, "Damn, I can't." Like, I don't know if I want to post it. Well, like, I feel like you don't know how bad the injury is. Now that you know, right? You know, you're gonna get right. past it in a week or two. It's fine. But when you're in that exactly. zone, you don't know how bad it is. It's it's like bad mojo to even look at it sometimes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like I haven't seen the clip yet. Like I, I saw, obviously I saw my ankle when it was like yeah. kind of cut open. Cause I dislocated it and my bone went through my skin, but it didn't break, which is a wow. miracle. Oh, so, that's uh, amazing. there was like a little bit of like tendon sticking out, which I know is kind of, is kind of gross, but yeah, that's how it happened. And, uh, yeah, like I've seen, obviously saw all that, but I didn't see the clip yet. And, my dad was out here for my birthday and for Thanksgiving and oh man, happy dude, birthday! What what uh, oh, what day was it? Uh, November eighteenth. So nice. it was yeah, like a little bit ago. But cool. Um, but yeah, so my friend Nick, who filmed the filmed the clip, came over and he showed my girlfriend and my dad the clip, and like I just refused to watch it. Like, <laughs> just looking at their faces, like I was like, dude, like they they were just like, dude, your whole bone was like on the ground, like it really was oh. underneath you. So. Well, I'm, I don't know if that's ever something I want to see. I think I might just leave that in the past. That, but, yeah, until uh, you're 50 or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, but no, it's all good. I'm chilling. All just good. Yeah, you're start crazy. Man, bouncing right back. If that happened to someone my age, we might be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, man, I mean, with the quarantine thing, what, what a good time to be somewhat laid up, huh? That's what I'm saying. I mean, like, it was a bummer when I did it initially, so... I was like trying not to stress about it. I was trying to keep reminding myself like it's a freak accident. Yeah. I've never gotten injured until this point skating. Wow, I was gonna ask you about that. Never once. And I've been skating for Ooh. technically knock 21 years. Yeah, <laughs> knock on wood. But yeah, yeah, I've been skating since I was four years old and it's my first like major injury. So I feel like that's a pretty good record. Only out for and, a uh, couple weeks, man. That's not too bad. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. yeah, I'm just reminding myself it was a freak accident. I'm not trying to get too much in my head about it. And, like, mm try to relive that i'm trying to yeah. just leave it in the past don't watch that like clip that. keep it away keep it in nah, the hell no nah. <laughs> nah. probably not gonna go back to the spot though 
even even though the clip was looking good i was like really <laughs> hyped on it but i'm like nah, i don't know if that's um, it ain't the one yeah don't watch it don't watch it <laughs> uh, in my view you're known for your style and your trick selection where where does that mojo come from probably i guess i'll start with style like yeah i would i would think that it comes from some back home back on the east coast uh, when i was a kid like I just got ragged on super hard by like all the older homies because I got into skating through my brother and he's five years older. So all my friends were like all the older five years. So I was like the little kid who like just kickflip everything. Like that's all I did was just kickflip <laughs> literally everything I possibly could. And if I did, I was, I was in the same exact position as you. I was, my brother was five years older <laughs> and got me started. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it was a good age gap though, because they always were like, "Look, like we're getting older, we're probably not going to do this professionally, but like you got to do this shit for us." So like, you better do things right. Like, dude, they ragged on me. Anything that I did sketchy, like it, there was no like high fives, nothing. They were like, "You do that shit again." <laughs> it was like super serious. But you know, back then I was like, "Damn, these dudes are like kind of mean." But yeah, looking back, I'm like, that kind of made my standards for myself like really high and it just like I've always like held that held, held myself to a higher standard so nice. I'm grateful for them ragging on me as a six-year-old kid that, that's that's the east coast for sure and uh and growing up my brother I I remember he's friends with uh Mike V who was another big influence besides oh, my brother and I remember Mike's Mike remembers me peering out from my brother's window <laughs> like peering out from the window so like <laughs> And I'd, I'd, I'd knock on the window, Rod, with my brothers, my godbrothers. Yeah. Roddy, can I come? And they'd just like, yep. at the time, pretend they didn't hear me. Just keep going. <laughs> they'd be like, no, not this time. I'd just be totally like crushed. Like, like, damn. Oh, man. All right, next time. And then I'd like start skating the garage, just, or the, you know, the driveway, just like waiting for them to come back. And just, where'd you guys go? What'd you do? <laughs> So it's it's just old enough to where that they could be like, nah, little man, stay stay behind. You're you're gonna cramp our style. <laughs> yep, exactly. Did, Luckily, did I, my did brother you all, was all uh, all his journeys, or did you get left behind a few times? No, nah, he did. Like, luckily, I had a brother who was like, we didn't have that typical like older brother, younger brother beef where he's like, ah, stay home. Like you're just like a little kid. Like you yeah. just, you know what I mean? It never was like that. Like he was all, like we were best friends from the jump and like he always was like making sure to include me and in, like what he's doing he always like guided me and like he would just kind of always bring me around his homies because yeah he could kind of then like in his mind he was like my second dad so like totally. if my dad wasn't there he was there to make sure i wasn't doing some dumb shit and yeah. he had me if he had me right here with all his friends he could at least pay attention to like what i'm doing nice. and like make sure i'm not getting into trouble so because cool. if I got into trouble, then he got into trouble. Because then when uh, we both went home, my dad was gonna <laughs> to, like he would have to deal with my dad. So luckily, we luckily I was able to kick it with my brother a ton when I was a little kid. Nice, nice. And I know his name's Dante. Was he yeah. uh, was he pretty skilled as well? Oh yeah, he was. Dude, he was like the he was the dude. He was hands down way better than I was. Like. Mm -hmm. He had, still has the meanest tray flip. Like, I, I'll still give that to him. He, even even maybe better than mine. But, uh, but yeah, no, nah, he's a big dude. 6'4", like, big boy. And, he, you know, he's always been, a, like, one of the bigger kids. So, he always just had, like, the style and grace to him where he could move around as such a big person. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. And uh, when, did you, when did you decide to move to California? Tell us how that whole thing happened. Mm, what up <laughs> little dude <laughs> little man 
Um, I, my um, junior. When did I move? I think it was 2016. Yeah, it had to be 2016 that I moved out here, October. Okay. And uh, yeah, I just that. yeah, like what led up to that point? Oh, it just was like I, it just was time. You know what I mean? Like my parents were always super supportive of like what I wanted to do with skating and like. I went to a high school that was very insistent on everyone going to college. And for yeah. me, I just was like, I didn't have anything that I really wanted to do other than skateboarding. So in my mind, I didn't see what the point was to go spend a ton of money that I didn't have to sure. do something that I kind of wanted to do. And my parents like immediately got that. Like they never gave me any type of like shit for wanting to do what I wanted to do. Like that cool. was, you know, they were supportive. So it just got to a point where it's like, you know what, like I'm on the East coast. I know where I need to be. Like, yeah. you know, I had some money saved up. I had my girlfriend who I live with now, like she was coming here to go to school as well. And we just oh, kind of wow. like, let's just do it. And her and I did it together and we just took a leap. And looking back, it was like such a blind leap where we we're like, all right, like, let's just do it. Like, screw it. <laughs> and it, it just it worked out, man. That's how do you think that's affected your journey? I mean, there's lots of East Coast pros these days. Do you feel like to move mm -hmm. to California? sort of moved, pushed you forward or, or what? Totally. I think moving out here, it just like, it threw me into the mix first off, which is like, you know, it's eye-opening being around yeah. this level of skating, especially coming from the East Coast. Like skating on the East Coast is at a high level as well, but it's a lot different, you know? Yeah. A lot of things are here. A lot of pros are here. Brands, everything's here. So coming from that and seeing all of this, like, even just going to a skate park and seeing some people that you've looked up to your entire life, like pros, like, you know what I mean? Like to, to be in that environment, it's inspiring. So it always was like, it, it was good for me to be the little fish, you know, like you could yeah. be the big fish in your hometown or whatever and like progress as far as you can progress there. But it's always good and refreshing to be at the complete bottom, be like oh. the nobody and have only the, the top to look up to and only yeah. to look up to other people who are doing it so mm, for me that. it just it really like it really showed me where I wanted to go and it showed me many examples of how to get there so yeah. I just had constant inspiration being out here and I mm. think that that leap that I took to come here was the best thing I could have possibly done yeah I remember coming out here from New Jersey and it's like the first time you meet like full-time skateboarders like all my buddies had like jobs or school and I remember like when I first turned pro just having to wait for everybody to get off their jobs or school and like yeah. sitting around too much, you know, especially like you throw the winter in there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, I, I feel exactly like you. And it's funny moving out here. One thing you notice like back East, it's like you do a frontside flip over the hip or I do a pop shove it or whatever. And everyone's like, yeah, out here. It's like kickflip, crooked grind, kickflip out. Everybody's just dead silent. Yeah. You know crickets. <laughs> Crickets. Crickets. It's like, so like, yeah, everybody's there's just so, so many good. people. Everybody's yeah, it's so good. And that's what trips me day, out about running into like the Baker crew and like Costin, you know, like Chevy Chase Park by your house. Like you could go there and everybody insane lineup. Like at any given day, there's 10 pros skating there, right? right. In, the, in the middle of the afternoon. Um, even, yeah, that's that crappy Frogtown Park with just makeshift obstacles man-made yep. that are so crappy <laughs> there's exactly. like five pros there a day but know? see that's i think that's the thing like no matter where you live or where you're from i think all skateboarders can appreciate a shitty worn in skate park it's like the same way as if you went back to jersey or i go back oh. to pennsylvania 
the shitty skate parks have so much like culture to it it's like it does it's not perfect there's just something about it where it's like there's just so much skating that has happened right here same with spots you know it's like there's so much skating that has been happening here that it's almost better than the new parks and i think that's why people go to like places like frogtown or even garbanza where they've been there for years and you know by today's standards they're not exactly the best parks yeah but there's just something special about them and i i love that that's inspiring to see pros who skated everywhere yeah. skate parks like that it's like damn you're like we see eye to eye even though you're like in my mind some huge inspiration some huge pro we still see eye to eye and i think that's like sure. one of the coolest things about skating for sure yeah i know i love skating south pass park and it's just total yeah. cookie cutter man-made but there's something about it it's got a little bit of everything you could possibly need or want yeah, um, yeah man so i guess beyond the move your bro how else do you feel you you refined your skating to the level that it's at now? I just like, I don't know. I just feel like I, I never had the opportunity to like settle for what I was doing because here, like so many things happen, so many tricks. Happen. Like you, you go skate a spot and it's like, you did something you think is sick and three other people just did you two days later. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, you're always on your toes. And I feel like for me, it's always made me think of like, how can I progress my skating? Like, for what my bag of tricks are like how can I evolve like what I do as far as like maybe flipping into something or going over something that maybe not everyone's able to do like I kind of focus more on like physical ability like what are things that I can physically do that maybe would make me stand out versus someone's like really hard trick or like someone's like really gnarly like kink grind you know what I mean yeah so making it look I kind of just yeah like i just focused on like what what can i outdo myself as rather yeah. than like what can i outdo someone else you know like that's, they're skating that's so smart i used to like when we were filming for the first stereo video i told everybody do your tricks like mm -hmm. do your trick the best it's possibly ever been done like you don't need to do 300 tricks give me 30 you know like of your the, yeah. the tricks you do and the, the way you do them you do them better than anybody else in skateboarding you know, mm -hmm. um, like Mike Garrett was like, dude, stick with your thing with massive flat ground kick flips and like yep. backside flips and your style and like your mute Japan grabs and like, do you mm -hmm. the best you can possibly do, you know? And I, I feel that, yeah, that's definitely, that can be said about your skateboarding, like the best frontside flips in the game, seriously. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and also you. just your technical ability and you make it all look so smooth, like kick flip, nose blunt and a kick flip backside nose blunt. I don't think I've seen anybody else do that, and especially as smooth as you. So, hats I appreciate off. that. You know, I'm not Thank you. Hat, but yeah. Thank you. All, all <laughs> the homies back home would be hyped because they're like, "Yep, we told him to skate like that." <laughs> <laughs> and we got all these trophies behind you. It looks like they're damn am. Uh, yes. Take us through some of those. So, um, you can't see the one all the way at the end, but the one furthest. I guess this would be. I don't know. It's my left. I don't know if it's your left, but it's the Volcom Dam Am, the Costa Mesa one. That was the first, I think it was the first Dam Am I skated when I moved out here, wow. which was like insane. Cause I was used to only skating like the LES contest, which yep. like a ton of people would be there, but not like, like Uto was at Dam Am Costa Mesa, which is like, yeah. no, everyone knows how insane every, Everybody was there. Yeah. That's like everyone. a neighborhood, like Southern California. Everybody goes to it. All the top AMs. Yeah. Yeah. And, and all the pros too. That was like another trip to see all the pros like at LES, like you'd occasionally get like Gons, which is insane. Like he would be there, but like 
literally everyone was at the Volcom skate park. It was nuts. But uh, so Costa Mesa, then Chicago, which was the first one that I won and first one that I won best strip all together. Nice. Um, what year is so that? These are 2017. So all, mm. three, all two of those are 2017. And then to Hatchapi, the Woodward West contest. Uh, and then Tampa you mentioned, uh, you mentioned LES Dam Am as being a, mm -hmm. a milestone for you as an amateur. Why, why was that? Or why is that? That was probably like the first re I don't want to say like real contest, but as far as like all like the talented people that I would be bumping elbows with in yeah. the next like couple of years, like that's where I met everyone. That's where I met like, Robert Neal, I met Deshaun, I met Midler, like all the dudes that are still killing it today. All that the dudes are pro Deshaun today. Deshaun was got top three when he was a little little buck. I don't know. I maybe I, I probably didn't even know who he was at that point. Like, dude, I like honestly going to New York City was already like a big enough thing. Like, yeah, I was used to just going to Philly, yeah. which is still pretty big, but like to go to New York and then to see everyone, you know. But that was probably my first little taste of like. I, I guess you could say the level of amateur skating as far as contests are concerned. So that one I got fourth at, which was like a huge deal for me because like, I, you know what I mean? Like I, I just did my thing. I was fortunate enough to get top five and it, you know, it solidified in my mind, like I could hang with some of these dudes, you know? Oh like, yeah. And dude, look at the draft class. It was, I'm sure it was probably like the Zions, the Midler, yeah. the Foys, the Sean. I mean, yeah. What a draft class you're in, man. Uh, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying, like, it's, yeah, it was a tough, those are tough contests, man. Like, they I were, mean, watching some of those guys skate, did you ever feel like, okay, I got to make an adjustment this way or that way um, in terms of your climb to turning pro? Man, not so much, no. Like, not, like, maybe more of, like, holding myself at that same high standard that I have, but yeah. not so much of, like, like, I never look at skating, like, all right, that's how it so like i've got to outdo that in order to get there i think that's the worst to look at skating yeah because no one who loves skating wants to see three of the same skateboarders like they yeah. want to see diversity they want to see people who are different they want to see sure. people make it how they do it so sure i think i always just looked at like how can i elevate my skating how can i take my kickflip to like a new height you know what i mean like how can i yeah what can I do that's unique to me rather than what can I do that's just going to outdo someone else or like kind of run their race. I just, yeah. I, yeah, I never, I never looked at it like that. Even in contests, I never did. You can see when someone's forcing it or when someone's copying mm -hmm. somebody or trying to trail somebody. I mean, you know how it is. It's like the biggest kook move in the, in the book when like, say someone does a backside tail slide, shove it out on the rail and then you go right behind him and do it at a contest. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you just mm -hmm. don't. You know, you got exactly. to do your own thing to the fullest. A lot of copycats try to come up fast and it doesn't work out because you can see it in their skating that they're not doing uh, it themselves, you know? So, yeah, exactly. And it, it doesn't, it never works. Like I, I've been there where I've like tried to outdo someone and I, that ended abruptly. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, that's where I've like blew contests because like I thought like, oh, you got it. That's how it works. It's competitive. You got to like outdo someone. They do, yeah. It's not how it works at all. It's almost it's the all, the, Exactly. Every contest I've won or even done well in, I've had fun. Like, I've, yeah. I've just – I put a smile on my own face first and did the tricks that I wanted to do. And yeah. 
that's what got me through the contest. It wasn't like looking at someone else getting stressed. Like it was more like, Oh, I know what I got to do. Like I know what I want to do and I can't wait to do it. I was like eager to do the tricks that I had planned because I knew I would be stoked at the end of the day, no matter what outcome, as long as I did my tricks. Yeah. To me, that's a win. So yeah, it's definitely, you can't, you can't compete angrily that that doesn't work <laughs> and it shows it will show in your it style totally shows, like man. it's like those forever ams you know that are like what am i doing mm-hmm. wrong it's like you might be caring too much <laughs> it, it, it's weird yeah it's like it's weird how that works because it is like we all really care about skating but like there is a way to care too much it's like skating so yeah. unique in that way like it's so it, crazy it really is man it really is and, and it's the same thing with like skating in a co- you know better than i do you know skating in a contest you got to bring your own thing hold yeah. something back not really copycat and follow everybody else um, yeah. and speaking of that the the 254 format tell us about that and and if it fits your skating and if you enjoy it i do i i i love it i love it now i think when i first the first time i i like even had any sort of format like that was in Brazil in Rio the it was like 2018 maybe I think it was like the beginning of 2018 I believe yeah and it was like a like a SLS pro open kind of thing I think it was like the beginning of the Olympic like when all of that started like I remember that officially. Kind of, yeah um but yeah like I I didn't I knew I would like it I didn't really fully understand it until Street League LA a year later wow but it it now fits my skating because yeah. it like I realize that it's not like it's it's chess like that's how the how street league works and any other contest like it, it's chess it's a slow game and you have to like really be careful with your moves sometimes yeah. you can blow it out too early sometimes you can underdo it but there's a way there's like a pace that you have yeah. to skate at and, and I not, was gonna say I was gonna say in that regard do you hold mm-hmm. something back that the judges don't see in contest do you like not show your full deck of cards till the very end yes like sort of because mm. it's like it, it depends it, I, I kind of I look at what other people are doing and kind of see like what what is the level that it's at I don't just assume what the level is going to be because I feel like that's how you that's how you like mess up right away oh. because you you might think the level's here and yeah. dudes are like doing things that you might think are simple but they're getting good scores they're getting scores down on the board so, and that's something that Andrew Cannon always says. He's like, dude, it's always about getting a score down on the board. Like, yeah. don't worry about what it is in the beginning. Just get scores down. So, um, so yeah, it's really just like, it's just patience. It's like patience and, and there's no, you can't have like an ego in it. You know, you can't have like this, like, all right, I'm going to win on this trick. Cause it, it doesn't work like that. Like you, you've got to be very patient. You've got to see like what other people are doing. You have to really pay attention to what judges are scoring on because sure. all the judges are skaters. So like they'll know like, okay, this obstacle isn't as gnarly as that. Or like, hmm. like they're, they're super smart. They know what they're doing. So it's like, you really have to pay attention to like every little detail. Whereas like the am contest with three runs, yeah, that, that shit is like throw a Hail Mary from the one yard line. <laughs> like literally just as far as you can throw yeah. it. And try to yeah, beat everyone else. Oh, yeah. much at street league. You got to be on your A game. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. but it, it is forgiving though. And I, I do like the format that way because it is forgiving. It's not okay. like you can mess up both runs and then you have five attempts at a trick. I mean, it's still pretty tough to get four good scores back to back, but it's possible. You know, it's not like you mess two runs up and then you got one last run to do everything in one minute and win the whole thing. Like, yeah, I like 
I like the street league format better. And, and how, I mean, do you make adjustments on the fly based on the scoreboard and other comp competitors? Do you like start with one game plan and maybe divert it because of someone else's scores in front of you? It depends. So mm -hmm. I don't like to like, like I, I like to kind of have like, all right, these are the tricks that I want to do. I want to have this one good run. So I give myself like one run that I can mess up. Yeah. And then I rely on three single trick scores. And those three tricks, like I'll try to, like if it's the finals, I'll try to plan them to be like high scoring tricks for myself. Yeah. But I don't like to get into a situation where I'm like, oh, I got to go gnarly or like, okay, I'm going to do this. Because yeah. it's just like way less of a chance that you're going to get it. Because it's like, you it might be something you didn't even... Right. So the way I'll adjust it, if I need to score, like if I mess, say I mess both runs up, then the adjustment is like, okay, I need to just do a single trick, like just something simple, like kickflip blip, just even though it's going to get me like a seven, I need a score. Yeah, that's the way I, I'll adjust down, but I won't adjust up because I feel like all that does is just add pressure. Okay. Like if you if you start at the high scoring yeah. tricks and just have those planned already, then you're already setting your mind to like, mm -hmm. these are the tricks I'm going to do. And you just stick to that. You can't get nervous and be like, oh, no, I need to throw it out. Like, because someone could score and kind of exactly because someone could score a nine. Exactly. Because someone could score like a nine three and you're like, oh, they're going to win because they're going to score. No, they, they could fall the next three tries. It's like, it's really just, like I said, don't have an ego. Like, you got to just stick to your plan and know what you got and just do that. Yes. Yes. And we talked about milestones as a pro. And you mentioned SLS LA. So, so take us back to that event and, and how that felt for you. Well, that one, that was crazy. Cause it was like, if I'm honest, I, I did not like the course whatsoever. Like I, I was like so bummed on it in the morning. Cause like we had like 8am practice, which is uh, already like super early to be dealing with yeah. like just how hectic it was. But I kind of just got to the point where I was just so frustrated, like trying to get tricks in and like, there's just so many people around and I was just like, whatever. I'm just going to, these are the tricks I'm going to plan. I'm going to do these tricks. And I stuck yeah. to that. And that's where I kind of learned like, dude, it's not about these crazy adjustments. It's literally just yeah. about exactly. It's like skate the way you skate. Like it made me realize like, and gave me the second to like give myself credit. Like you got here doing you like, sure. You don't, don't like try to do what someone else would do. So I just, I stuck to that. I stuck to my flip-ins, my frontside flips, all that. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, what's your, what's your favorite bag of tricks? What are your tricks you love doing the most? Well, kickflip. That's, <laughs> that's first and foremost. Uh, um, any sort of like flip in grind trick that like those always feel cool. And then just big front side flip. I love it. Mm -hmm. Just anything, yeah, just that feeling of just <laughs> love it. Oh yeah. And so, um, Let's talk about briefly COVID-19 and just this whole environment. Mm -hmm. And uh, we talked about it last time when we chatted about you turning pro and then all this happening. How, how's that been for you with just sort of uh, being quarantined at times and sort of, um, I mean, I, I talked to some skaters and they're like, dude, I, I'm skating more than ever. Mm -hmm. Others are like, nah, I haven't left my house, you know? So it's, how's it been for you? It's been, it was definitely weird. Being like, here you go. Here's your moment. Here's the thing you've been working so hard for. And then weeks later, wait, don't wait, wait whatever wait. you had planned, don't do anything. Yeah. So yeah, the first couple months, like I stayed inside because I really wasn't aware of what we were doing. Yeah. I was like, got a little like worried, you know? Yeah. So I, I was like super safe about 
everything in the beginning. Um, but then like as time went on, like once they kind of were like, all right, you can go and like do your thing outside. Like, it's okay. Just be safe, whatever. Like then I eventually just started skating, but, but yeah, I just finished the video part. Like I was street skating a ton, like, which was kind of, it was kind of nice. Cause I had that on the schedule to finish anyway. Yeah. And not having contests, I could kind of just go more like full force at that without worrying about like, Oh, if I get hurt, then I can't skate this contest. And then that yeah. messes that up. Like it kind of gave me that little bit of advantage to just go street skate. So nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people are like, man, schoolyards are open, you know? Yeah. So, like it's helped filming. Totally. Totally. <laughs> so you got this injury to overcome. What else is next? You got any video parts you're working on or what's, uh, what's in the next few months? Um, well, when I got hurt, I was skate, I was filming for, a Kingswell video. It's the a skate shop in Los Feliz owned by Patrick Melcher and DJ oh. Chavez. So uh, we yeah. were we were thinking of doing like a little fun project because we, I just always like I filmed it, like some stuff for Santa Cruz and always more on like a serious kind of note. And I just wanted to do something kind of as like a fashion project. So yes, that as far as street skating is you know that's like the next thing. Um, and then there's like a few smaller projects with Santa Cruz that are going to be coming out like throughout the next year and uh possibly contest i don't know i don't think anyone yeah. knows but yeah I possibly know. yeah i've talked to josh friedberg a couple times it seems like it's yeah. all it's nothing set yet right and we're hoping to have it no. in may so um god willing this this thing will yeah start improving and and the curve will who change. knows man it's so <laughs> crazy it's just so nuts like the schedule we had before this started was like really insane yeah and it just was like done like like yeah. even the fact that the olympics was postponed is like mind-blowing to me totally and that year I, I remember a lot of like you know traveling with like the vance park series guys or being at do tour x games people were worn out like people were like oh, yeah. complaining about skating which you don't often hear you know right it was just back to back to back you know for all all of us involved in events um yeah I, I i think and then the olymp like it was already super busy and then the mm -hmm. Olympic thing got thrown in there. And I think it just like, it was double time, you know, twice the event, twice the pressure. Yeah. The, I noticed like the culture change, you know, like everybody being so much more straight faced, like at events, you know, it went from like, yeah, being super chill and high five into like, yep. looks of exactly. like anxiety. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's like, you have like teams now and there's like coaches and there's like, countries like it's just so weird. i've never looked at skating like oh that dude's from like china or that dude's from japan or brazil like yeah america's in the lead i've never i don't think anyone has ever looked at skating that way and it's yeah. so yeah. it was so weird where it's like like in street league in la utah won that one yeah and they're like all right you're like in the race for the olympics now. and i'm like what do you mean i like i got second like what are you talking about and they're like utah's from japan and i like to me i it didn't even make sense like i'm like yeah. wait this is how this works. Like, this is just such a crazy, like how this works. Like this is such an intense environment. Like there's just like countries and coaches and stuff. It's yeah. like, it's, it's definitely an experience, but you just, you got to appreciate it for what it's worth. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And even as being a journalist, it went to like asking the Brazilian skaters, like, how do you feel about the U S or, you know, Japan. And yeah. we never really looked at it that way. You know, it's like, never never been country versus country until now <laughs> yeah. so, it's crazy man dude, we're, we're stoked you're representing the u.s my man thank you i'm stoked to represent it 
Yes. And we, we talked about videos and what you're working on. You did a little something for uh, TikTok with Dutor, right? Tell us about that I did. experience. It's, it was a Dutor unboxed by TikTok. Yep. So they brought this little truck and it had all these little obstacles and stuff. And uh, I decided to have them bring it to Kingswell, the skate shop I mentioned earlier. And uh, yeah, we just like had a, a ton of people like from the neighborhood come out and skate. And it was fun. It just like, it was very like, nostalgic to me you know like just little yeah. like rails and boxes and stuff just in the middle of the street having cars go around you like it, it was that's my childhood like I grew up skating in the middle of the street having cars and people getting pissed off like because your little like the little red zero rails <laughs> in the middle of the street or your little yeah, box or whatever that's a pretty busy street man it is it is so but it, it was cool though like it, cool. everyone got to come out and i could tell like a ton of people like they really needed that like i know you know everyone's been cooped up so it was we were safe yeah everyone was far yeah. enough but it was a yeah definitely was a cool experience it was cool that they had me involved doing that and i was stoked to involve other people awesome and it is on youtube youtube check it out Dutor unboxed presented by TikTok. mario's got one of the first episodes Mad respect, my man. Heal up. Thank you. And uh, Appreciate I'll, I'll skate some curves with me. I promise to not get you. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. going to be that's the first place. As soon as I can get back on my board, I'll meet you there. All right. All right, Mario. And uh, thank you all for tuning in. Until next time, this has been Dutor Live. Peace. Peace.